This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. I'm joined as always by Richard Blackaby. Good to see you, sir. Good. It's good to see you, Sam. Good, good. Uh, just before we get going with the show, uh, we I, I would just like to remind folks, uh, it makes a big difference to our show uh, that wherever you listen, if you leave us a review, if you leave us a beautiful five-star rating. Hallelujah. uh, (laughs) Amen. Uh, But just if, you know, if you've been impacted by this show, and and we know that many of you have, um, that that just goes a long way to help us, to help other people uh, find our show and and spread the message. So just want to say, for those who have, thank you. And, uh, you know, take a a couple of seconds there to at least leave us a five-star rating and uh, just tell us what you think about the podcast. Yeah. Only good things, of course. Exactly. If uh, if you don't like it, then just just never mind all this. Yeah, you, <laughs> just you move gotta, along. You have enough problems as it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, today we are tackling a subject um, that uh, you're calling uh, being a spiritual watchman. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, you know uh, I, I we've we've touched on this before in some of the other podcasts, but I really wanted to focus in. Uh, I, uh, I've had several occasions where I've had people come, sometimes they're business people, sometimes pastors, and they'll say, things seem to be going great. Uh, my church was doing well or my business was doing well. And then one day I was just bushwhacked. All of a sudden I was uh, bought out. I was confronted. I was fired. I, I was uh, outvoted or, or some pastors have said, uh, a couple of deacons showed up at my office on Monday morning and told me I was done to pack my office up. And, and they'll just say, I, I was bushwhacked. I, I was completely caught off guard. I, I, I never saw this coming. I thought mm. things were great. And I had no idea that there were people angry at me or hating me or determined to get me fired. And how could I not have seen that? How could I not have known that some of my direct reports, some of my people I trusted were uh, talking behind my back and Mm. uh, working against me? And so, uh, especially in this age in which we're in now, there's just so much uh, uh, sort of groupthink and uh, there's so much uh, deconstruction going on where people are- Mob mentality. Yeah, they're constantly looking for who can they take down, who can they accuse, uh, who who do they who do they not agree with that they're going to uh, silence or uh, you know somehow cancel their job or their influence? Uh, this is certainly a time to be spiritually alert uh, to that. Definitely. And, and there's a there's a great uh, couple of great passages in Ezekiel and I think in, in Jeremiah as well. But uh, Ezekiel uh, in about chapter three, and then Ezekiel also in chapter thirty three. Uh, or 34, there's uh, there's an interesting passage, uh, well, 33, I guess, of Ezekiel. Let me just read a couple of verses, and I just want to explain uh, and apply what this is talking about. Um, in Ezekiel 33, uh, it says, The word of the Lord came to me. Which, by the way, it's interesting, when you read the prophets, it's, it constantly says that. It says, God's word came to me, uh, mm. which means that God had something he wanted to tell the, the person. And... Um, and uh, that would be very important for him and for the people around him. And he said, Son of man, speak to your people and tell them, suppose I bring the the sword against a land and the people of that land select a man from among them, appointing him as their watchman. 
And suppose he sees the sword coming against the land and blows his trumpet to warn the people. Then if anyone hears the sound of the trumpet but ignores the warning and the sword comes and takes him away, his death will be his own fault. Since he heard the sound of the trumpet but ignored the warning, his death is his own fault. If he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. However, suppose the watchman sees the sword coming out but doesn't blow the trumpet so that the people aren't warned and the sword comes and takes away their lives, then they have been taken away because of their iniquity, but I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. As for you, son of man, I've made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Uh, and then he goes on and explains uh, some more of that. But, of course, you you know the context of a watchman in the ancient uh, days um, before cell phones and air raid sirens and yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff, uh, emergency alerts on your cell phone uh, um, th- there were marauders, there were invaders uh, that would, would sweep in on a village or city, and, uh, and oftentimes they would catch uh, villagers, farmers uh, out in the fields uh, and caught unprepared, defenseless. Uh, they could be killed or robbed. Uh, and uh, so uh, if, if there were times particularly of danger, you would uh, appoint people to be watchmen, and they would be assigned to the highest points on the walls. If there was a tower of some kind uh, elevated to the highest place, and they would have some kind of perhaps you know spyglass of some kind, depending on the age and what uh, the technology was at the time. Um, and their job basically was just keep watching out on the horizon, and if you see danger coming sound the trumpet, uh, blow the loudest horn available, and let people know. And and if you're out working in the fields, and all of a sudden you can hear the sound of that trumpet blast, the shofar, whatever it might have been then, um, you you basically know that, uh, that the watchman has seen on the horizon maybe a group of cavalry racing in on horseback, and they, he can see the dust rising up uh, into the air, they're coming quickly. Uh, and you know that if you don't just drop everything, grab your wife and kids and as fast as you can get to the, to the city gates, run into the gates before they pull up the drawbridge, close up the walls safe and secure, uh, then you're dead. They'll, yeah. they'll just uh, strike you down. They'll burn down your farmhouse. They'll take everything of value from you. Uh, and your life's over. And so a lot was at stake for that watchman uh, to, to be uh, seeing danger and giving people the maximum amount of time to respond to it before it was too late. So, you know, you, of course, would appoint a watchman that you trusted. You wouldn't want to appoint a lazy guy that he'd been fired from his last six jobs for sleeping on the job yeah. and inattentiveness. Uh, that's not who you made your watchman. I imagine you also wouldn't want to post a real skittish guy either. Yeah, that's, uh, every time that there's a, you know, a, a swarm of uh, flies going by, he thinks it might be horses coming. Uh, yeah, or people that just were real slow moving, you know. I'll get to that right after my lunch break. I'll blow that that horn. Um, you, you wanted people that uh, weren't busy eating lunch or texting their friends and <laughs> not paying attention to the horizon. Yeah. yeah, you know, you 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 wanted people that you knew took their role very very seriously 
uh, because they knew what was at stake. They knew that innocent people could lose their lives yeah. um, just because you didn't do your job well. And so uh, you put the most trustworthy people that were the most diligent and who were constantly, constantly watching because you'd, you'd be paranoid that just in the few moments that maybe you looked away while you ate your sandwich uh, for lunch, what if that was the time when the enemy came? And by the time you turned around and looked and saw, uh, the enemy had already traveled several miles closer and you still had to get people inside the gate and the drawbridge raised and the defenses uh, alerted and so on. And so it was a very responsible role that you gave to the most uh, responsible people. Uh, and so God is saying that there's a role for spiritual watchmen, uh, people that are watching for danger and not not that kind of danger where someone's going to ride up on a horse and, and cut your head off with a sword. But of course, yeah. there's, there's all kinds of other dangers. And uh, I was speaking recently uh, on John 10, where Jesus said that there are thieves that come to kill and steal and to destroy. Um, and there are people, uh, Jesus warned, there'll be antichrist coming with all kinds of false visions and false and false uh, sermons and, and untruths that will try to lead you astray. And so there's, uh, it, it says in the Bible many times that in the last days, which certainly we are in now, uh, that there'll be all kinds of falsehoods coming to try to lure people to their destruction. And so many, many dangers out there. Uh, and if you, if God has appointed you to be a spiritual watch person, um, that means that you've got to be alert. And, and I want to just, uh, in this podcast, look at three areas in particular uh, to be a, a watchman, uh, just to be very practical with you. And the first one is just with your family. If you, whether you're a parent or maybe you're just a, you're a sibling or you, you might not be married, but you've got uh, relatives uh, and you're a Christian and, and God has said, I want you to be watching out for your family. Now, if you are a parent, uh, you, you're very aware of your kids and how vulnerable they are. And you're yeah. aware that there's an enemy that wants to destroy them. And, and we've shared before, but uh, statistics are somewhere between 66%, uh, some say as high as 80% of kids who grew up going to church as, in their youth as, as children will leave the church uh, by the time they, before they graduate from college. And so what's happened is they've grown up in this Christian home. They've gone to church where uh, there's a belief in God and his word. But along the way, uh, other voices have entered into their life. Maybe they've gone to university and had professors mocking their belief in God. Or, or maybe they just got some, picked up some friends in high school that, uh, that ridiculed their moral standards and beliefs. And, uh, and it began to shift their heart. Um, typically, people don't they, they're not uh, just devout Christians one day and they wake up one day and decide, I just don't believe that anymore. Yeah. Typically what's happened is that there's been voices speaking into their life for some time that has uh, pried them loose from uh, their faith. But the problem is that the parents didn't notice it. The parents weren't aware of the shift. And uh, one day their 19-year-old daughter is is coming into their room and saying, Mom, Dad, I just want you to know, I just don't believe all that Christianity stuff anymore. And you're in shock. 
You don't know what happened. But what happened was that the enemy came for your child, perhaps in waves, and you weren't watching. You weren't mm. paying attention. And it doesn't mean that you didn't talk to your daughter. You might have had lots of meals around the meal table, but you didn't notice the subtle things. Um, you, you, and so, for instance, um, a couple of things I would just say in terms of being involved with your family. One is certainly just be praying regularly for them because there are just things going on in your child's heart and mind that you can't see. You, you, don't, you can't physically see thoughts entering your child's mind. Yeah. Um, they heard a lecture today that really shook their faith, but they're, they're just, they're not talking about it, but they're very sober uh, today. They came home very quiet and troubled, and you just kind of blew it off because you were busy getting dinner ready and you'd had a busy day yourself. And um, the signs were there that something had disturbed that child that day, but uh, you just didn't really have the time to get into it today, and you let it go by. Or uh, or they, they're starting to read a book. Some friend gave them a book that's very heretical, with some really outlandish ideas that's real popular right now. A lot of young people are reading. And uh, and you notice it in their, their backpack, or you notice them reading it at night, but uh, you don't have the time to read it yourself to see what it says. Um, yeah. And so you just ask, oh, is that a good book? And they just kind of grunt, yeah, it's, it's not bad. And, and yet it's filling their minds with stuff that will shake their faith. Uh, and you, you haven't bothered to check that book out to see if it's a good book for them to read. And it doesn't necessarily mean you grab it out of their hands and say, you can't read that trash, but it might mean that you read the book as well and say, then let's talk about it. Yeah. And, uh, let's, let's pull our Bibles out and see what the Bible says about that. Uh, you know, I watch also for just friends, uh, even when my kids, uh, Sam, when your, your current wife <laughs> was a, a young girl, uh, we would, uh, we, if she wanted to play with her friends, we, we tended to encourage her to bring her friends over to our house and we'd listen in to their conversations. They'd be chattering away and, uh, we'd be listening. Maybe they'd be making cookies in the kitchen and we'd just be kind of overhearing. And, uh, some of these girls were just conniving. Um, you know, for instance, we might, I remember, uh, one point we had, they'd done some baking and, and, uh, <coughs> Lisa had said, you know, you guys can each have one cookie or whatever and that was fine Carrie was a, a, an obedient child you know she knew that she followed the rules but then we'd overhear her friends saying well Carrie why don't you go and get two more cookies and and you know Carrie's like well mom said we could only have one yeah but they won't know just have go get two more now she's just maybe a young kid but we're already realizing this this child is teaching our daughter to just defy her parents to to be deceptive to be dishonest uh, to to break the rules. If if she'll do that over cookies, what will she do later when they're teenagers and there's curfews and there's rules about boys and so on? Uh, and so we were always aware of who what friends were in our children's orbit, yeah. and we were always listening in on conversations to say, is this uh, um, is this child? Do they reinforce what we're looking for in our child? Do they have similar values? Are they headed in a similar direction or are they going to pull our daughter or son in a different direction? And so, you know, I, there's things you can do, like don't assume that you know what's going on in your child's mind. 
Um, and you're not going to find out what's in your child's mind by doing all the talking, uh, by lecturing. Uh, you, you, you think that because you keep lecturing your child to always do this and never do that, that that's what they're going to do. But yeah, does, you mean it doesn't always work that way? Yeah, they're, they're just they're they're blowing you off. You know, they're let they're letting you talk away, but they fully intend to do their own thing anyway. The way you find out what's in their heart is by asking good questions, and and asking, well, what do you think about that? And uh, have you read that book? What do you think about that book? Uh, I hear it's quite popular with all the young people right now. Or, boy, everybody's listening to that pop artist uh, musician, but. Boy, I, I I heard some of the, a song the other day on the radio uh, that really. Have you heard those words? What do you think about those words? And and you're you're trying to kind of get into their mind to say, are they embracing these Hollywood values, uh, the, this pop culture sort of view of love and God? Uh, are they filling their mind hour after hour with this kind of stuff? And uh, you're you're trying to engage in conversations uh, where and uh, of course I've. I've shared this before, but uh, you, you, when your kids are young and they just want to talk about Legos and and innocent kind of you know imaginary stuff that they're into, build a relationship with them then and uh, and get them talking about what's important to them when they're six. And if you do that, then they'll still be talking to you about what's important to them when they're sixteen. Yeah. And at that point, it'll be a lot more important. So. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't tell you how many parents that I've talked to even just recently where they, they were, the parents were strong Christians. They loved the Lord. They, uh, were in church involved all the time, had their kids in camp and with, gave them Christian books and every Christian influence they could. Uh, and then one day their kids sit them down and say that mom and dad, that's your faith, but it's not ours. And these parents are devastated. And I mean, I'm talking about really strong Christian parents that you you would get around some of these folks and say, wow, how could you not grow up to love Jesus when you had parents like that? Yeah. Um, and yet the world crept, the enemy crept into their lives. And, and the parents, even though they were putting a lot of Christian influence around their kids, they were kind of caught napping. And, yeah. uh, and, and, uh, some influences crept into their family, uh, into their thoughts and their minds and their, their schedules. And the parents missed it until the enemy had, had, had was there and, uh, had, yeah. and had brought us destruction. And so, you know, I think all of us, whether we're parents or whether we just see it happening in our, our, our siblings or our parents, uh, you know, sometimes you come, you go visit your mom and dad and you, you, they've been watching TV all day, these health and wealth guys, and now they're sending checks to <laughs> help them buy their next uh, private jet, you know, and yeah. it's like, mom, have, you know, can you, that's, can we talk through this? What, uh, and you realize, uh, boy, I just hadn't even really been paying attention, but they've gotten into some stuff that's, uh, that's deceptive and it's, it's dangerous. And, uh, I, I should have been paying more attention. So, you know, that means just, you look at the people that God has placed in your care and say, Lord, uh, alert me. Your Holy, the Holy Spirit knows if there's danger. And if you'll listen to him, if you'll be praying over each person, the Spirit can alert you when there's danger. I, you know, I, my wife, Lisa, she's funny. Uh, I don't want to really equate uh, Facebook with uh, Holy Spirit, but uh, 
you know, for a long time when our kids were younger, she would check like their Facebook page every night before she went to bed. And, uh, and, uh, you know, my kids never really posted bad stuff on Facebook, but, uh, but there were times where she, my wife would just have a feel, you know, and, and I remember one time she just said, uh, uh, Hey Richard, have you, have you talked to, uh, Mike lately? And, uh, I said, Oh, you know, it's been a few days. Like he didn't, he lived in a different city than us. And, uh, at the time. And I, he, I said, why? She said, well, I just, I just a little concerned about him. Well, well, why? Well, I, I checked, I just checked his Facebook. Well, th- did he have some cry for help on Facebook? No, it was all just normal stuff. But I, I just, I could just sense, uh, <laughs> you know, and so I finally, I called our son and Hey, just checking on you. How you doing? And, and it wasn't anything horrible, but, uh, he just really had a rough week. And, uh, and he just really needed some encouragement. And I'm thinking, how would you know that? You know, how would you have seen that? And of course, mothers just have a certain intuition about some things, but, uh, it, it just comes, what I would just say is as a spiritual watch person, part of what you're doing is you're just praying and being sensitive and then responding. If you just get that dis-ease about one of your kids or your parents or someone else to say, I just sense that there's danger. And I better watch really carefully. Maybe I need to, and I've done this with all my kids where periodically I just say, look, let's go for lunch. I just want to spend a little bit of one-on-one time with you away from the distraction of the home and so on. And just, just see how you're doing and, uh, tell me what's going on. What are you reading? What are you thinking about? What's God saying? What are you concerned about? And if you ask the right questions, you may discover that an enemy has been, loitering around in the area mm. and uh and you need to get on it and uh, and dispense that enemy before anything else happens well let's take a quick break here and uh we'll wrap up when we come back now more than ever the world needs great leaders as a leader now is the time for you to have a much needed retreat that will bring fresh energy new ideas and practical insights to become a more effective leader in this new day Registration is now open for the online leadership retreat. Use code BLACKABY10, that's BLACKABY and the numbers 1-0, to receive 10% off your registration fee. All sessions have been pre-recorded and will be available starting August 12th. Visit onlineleadershipretreat.com to learn more and to register. Links will be in the show notes. Richard, I love this idea of, of being a spiritual a watchman and uh, especially just the you know the the guy on the rampart looking out to the horizon and then applying that to our lives today obviously we're not we're not living in castles or cities citadels surrounded mm-hmm. by walls or anything like that but uh, culturally speaking there's there's lots and lots that that can can go wrong yeah. and there's lots of enemy uh, out there and 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 all around us really and so uh, we spent the first uh, part of the podcast looking at how you how you do how you are a spiritual watchman for your family, uh, regardless of of, of uh, where you are in your family, and uh, maybe why don't you just in the last few minutes here tell us how do you do this? Let's say at work or at church. Yeah, this is a leadership podcast, and certainly one of the biggest leadership roles you'll ever have is with your own family, and we t- we touched on that first. But uh, but you may also be a pastor of a church, or you may you may be an executive, a leader, owner of a business, and uh, 
and you've got employees that you're responsible for, and uh, and you, you don't want to wake up one day and have your people in revolt against you or your leadership team all pushing back and resisting your leadership or wake up one day and discover that the culture of your organization is is nothing like you always hoped it would be. Yeah. Uh, and again, that doesn't happen overnight. Things uh, things creep in to organizations. Uh and if you're, if but if you're not alert, if you're not uh, paying attention, stuff's going to happen, uh, and you're going to wake up one day and all of a sudden realize I thought I was developing a, a company with Christian values, and now they're pushing all kinds of stuff that's clearly not Christian, not God honoring. What happened? Uh, how did how did this creep in? And and so several things I'd say again about that, which in some ways is similar to a family. One is uh, be very careful about who you let in the, your organization. Yeah. Uh, when I was a pastor, uh, I never just, I, I might have people during an altar call come forward and say, we want to join the church. I never uh, just voted them in. I always went and talked to them and I, I asked them questions and I checked them out. And if they had come from a church in the city, uh, I would call the pastor up and find out how did they leave? Were these good people? If uh, I, I might find out, you know what? These people were their fifth church to come to in the last five years, and every year they they go to a church and they 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 talk like they just are so delighted to have this godly church and great pastor, and and yet they've got an agenda and they start stirring up trouble and they they have a certain theological view that they want to push on everybody and uh, and they ultimately leave in big disruption and take people away with them, and so. You know, I a, a lot of that is just at the front door. Just yeah. Uh, sometimes, unfortunately, pastors are so eager to get a, a new member that they don't check them out, and uh, and they basically just invite the enemy right through the front door, and uh, and then those people start making friends and talking behind the pastor's back, and uh, all of a sudden causing all kinds of disruption. And you one day you you realize the enemy is inside the gate already. Yeah. And I'm the one that let them in. I'm the one that voted them in as members, uh, or I'm the one that hired them. And so, uh, be watching who you let in. Certainly again, uh, pray. Uh, if you're, if you're a pastor, you want to be praying for your people and just, I can't tell you how many times when I was a pastor as I was just systematically praying through the church role that God would just, um, I'd get to someone's name and uh, the Lord would just say, this is the person that you should check up with. Uh, send a note, uh, call them, go have lunch with them. Uh, and I, it just, it just seemed like invariably when I would go and spend time with these people, they would say, you know, it's, I just, it's really amazing that you called and asked about lunch. Cause, uh, this is what I'm going through right now. Mm. And I realized, wow, they were under attack and, uh, they weren't, they hadn't planned to say anything, but, when I called, then they spilled their, their guts to me now, and I realize, boy, it's a good thing that uh, I've come alongside this person. Um, you know, sometimes you just watch for changes. Um, I've seen this in companies. I've seen this in churches. People that, you know, every time you saw them, they had a big smile, real friendly, and then uh, then one day you say, hey, how's it going? And they're not smiling. They're not happy. They're not warm. Uh, they blow you off. They walk on by. They, you, and you just in your spirit you realize something has changed. There's something going on. Yeah. Um, I I remember that in an organization I led at one point, a uh, person that was always pretty upbeat, uh, very positive, supportive, and all of a sudden um, they 
they just I could just tell they weren't acting themselves. And and so much so I, I just started watching in interactions and I got concerned enough that uh I eventually asked them to, to go for lunch with me and I, I I tried to pry and prod and and ask questions and try to get to the root of it and ultimately uh discovered that they actually had gotten involved in some some significant sin in their life that uh, was going to bring some devastation to them. And mm. um, I wish I had maybe been more sensitive sooner, uh, but I realized that sure enough, I, what I was seeing there, there was trouble under the surface mm. that was causing that. And so I would tell you, uh, take red flags uh, very seriously. Um, if you have a, a, a check in your spirit, maybe it's, you know, sometimes a church member is walking in the door, you're the pastor, and that seems all fine. But in your spirit, you just think, you know, but that they're not acting the way they normally do. Um, I and, and so I always tell people, whether you're leading a company or you're a pastor, whatever kind of organization you're leading, um, walk the shop floor. Get down among the people. Don't assume that from yeah. 30,000 feet up, you know how everyone's doing. Everyone seems to be working well and in the right place. Now, you got you to gotta leave the corner office and walk the shop floor and walk the hallways and listen to people. And, uh, and you may discover that the culture that you thought you had is not really the culture that you do have. There's, uh, uh, there's, and, you know, sometimes it's just a trend. It's, uh, it could just be, uh, boy, someone's been sharing some ideas that's really getting traction. Everybody's kind of talking about this. And uh, they, they all saw a website that has got them all worked up or someone, they just recently read this popular book that's uh, putting a lot of ideas in people's heads that are not necessarily biblical or healthy for your company. Um, you know, there's a lot of false teachers out there right now that can sound very convincing. And, uh, and there are some people that just don't know how to read books very critically. That yeah. They don't know how to read it biblically. They, someone throws a couple of Bible verses in their book and completely a, misuse and abuse the verses but because they quote the bible there's people that agree with them and so um you know you want to you you just want to be alert when you see stuff sitting around you know maybe just you know you walk through some of the the, the company cubicles and you saw the same book and that you know that book's trouble it's heretical it's got some really bad theology bad approaches uh, to life and uh, you realize about a third of your employees have it in their cubicle right now uh hey we better just take some time to address some of these teachings here yeah um well i like that so much of of what you're talking about is is really just being aware yeah of, of what's happening and, and i know we've talked about this before just in and becoming a better leader is you know knowing your people and and being aware of what's what's happening and uh, but I think taking it sort of to the next level of, of the being a that spiritual watch person mm-hmm. and uh, but it but it really comes back to the fundamentals of, of just just knowing your people and, and, yeah. and being there. And when you just realize and that, well, I guess what is great as we close is that that concept of a, a, an ancient uh, Middle Ages sort of person that's that literally realizes if I'm not constantly alert and watching uh, serious, serious suffering could take place uh, upon my people. Uh, I can't afford to be careless. And 
and really, if you if God's put you in a position of leadership, you have to have that same attitude. And yeah. Because it won't just mess up your employee; uh, it may mess up your employees' kids and their grandkids, and it may hurt a bunch of innocent people in your company or in your church. And uh, the, it just, there's a ripple effect that it's it's never just going to affect one person. So, uh, so no matter how busy you are, yeah. Uh, and that's why you really have to rely upon the Holy Spirit because the Spirit is he knows what's going on and he and he knows where the problem spots are he knows who the problem persons are and uh if you'll just be sensitive to his prompting his uh, alerting the spirit of god has a way of just sort of turning on that red flashing light in your heart and mind that just alerts you you may not know what the problem is yet but you just sense there is a problem and yeah. always take that seriously and keep digging and don't don't take surface answers you know don't just say is everything okay oh yeah it's fine uh don't just accept that keep pushing until you know with confidence it is okay or else you found what the actual root problem really is well good i think this is a very uh, appropriate um message for our time and uh uh, I think we can all do better at, at being spiritual watchmen uh, and women in our respective areas. So thank you. And until next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.